Hello world and welcome to the Notorious P.O.D. I am your host, Big John Bass. This week, I'm joined by new father and former downhill mountain biking champion. Gaz Schmidt is back up in the Definitely, mate. You right? All right, mate. Um, we're also joined by a man with more local village gossip than I've had Mars bars. Bump is up in this motherfucker. What's up, bro? Well, uh, hi, guys. Glad to be back. It's been a while since being in Letchworth. Yeah, no. <laughs> what was it? Dre 2001 was the last one. It was, it? yeah. The first one, wasn't it? I think yeah. so. One of the early eps. So yeah, it's good good to have you back, boys. Guys, how's um how's fatherhood treating you, mate? Sleepless nights or are you doing all right? Not too bad, mate. No, everything's good. He's doing really well. So um yeah, I'm made up. It's great. Fatherhood's awesome. Lovely, mate. And bump, how's uh, how's Tinder in lockdown? Um, so I'm I'm not really on. Well, I'm not on Tinder. Um, that's a rookie game. I'm more on Bumble and Hinge these days. Nice. What? Genuine question though, what is it like, because me and Gaz obviously, we, we are essentially on lockdown in life in general um, yeah. with, with, with Mrs, but what is it, what is the single game like at the minute? Uh, oh on... mate, I've got some cracking stories um, oh. of yeah. lockdown. Yes, we'll start. Give can, one. can you tell us? Uh, yeah, she's never going to see this podcast. Um, so a couple, of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, a girl that I went on a date with from Hitchin contacted me on uh, for Instagram stating that you know she's lost a job blah blah how's things how's lockdown just general chit chat I was thinking okay cool well, where's this going okay a few more uh, messages and she was like you know I'm really struggling I was thinking you know always had a fantasy about getting with a, a black guy and I was like oh brilliant <laughs> although we can't really meet it's lockdown um, and she was like, yeah, well, I was like, that is great to hear. Maybe, you know, outside of lockdown, uh, your fantasies can, can become true. Anyway, she then um, she then was like, you know, I'm really skint. Is there any way you could help me out? And I was like, no, not really, because, you know, <laughs> we've been on one date and I'm not that kind of guy. And I was like, firstly, also, how am I supposed to help you? She's like, well, I could send you uh, pictures for money. Ah, prostitution. <laughs> I was like, fuck, uh, where's this going? And she was like, you know, for a hundred quid, I could send you a nice little video. And I was like, nah, forget not that. Paying. I'm not paying a hundred quid for a video from a bird I've been on a date with. Got rich, like, mate. She then suggested a couple of days later, she sent me a couple of videos, which they're pretty decent, to be fair. Um, she then suggested for 500 quid, she'd come around and make my fantasies come true. Ah. And I was like, hold on. This isn't my fantasy. It's your fantasy. So why am I paying you? <laughs> um, yeah. Conversation continued. Lots more videos. And I was just like, I'm not going to pay you any money. Um, what are you doing? And then she's blocked me. So, um, yeah, quite amusing. <laughs> oh, the single life. I know. Apart from that, I've been chatting to a couple of girls on Hinge. Um, but the problem with it is... You know, you're not going to meet up for another month, and some of these girls' chat is just boring as hell. So I've basically put them off. You could just break the rules. Yeah. You could, but where are you going to take them? Just they've just got to come over, haven't they? Thank you, mate. Yeah, yeah, they've got to come over, but I can't imagine there's going to be many girls that want to come over. I, I have got a third and final story. Um, so a girl that I've been chatting to on Bumble, who she lives in Hertfordshire, she was like, you know. I know Flitig really well. I'll come and meet you in Flitig. And I was like, mm, yeah, of course you will. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of hours later, she rang me from outside the Tesco's. Ah. <laughs> like, what the actual fuck are you doing? 
She's like, you're going to come and see me. And I went, I went and met her, obviously keeping, you know, social distance, a couple of metres. She was like, can I come back to yours? And I was like, no, God, no. Because obviously I don't know her. She's probably got coronavirus if she's that easy to come round. Um, and I was thinking, I'm not taking this risk. Obviously, shock, I haven't heard from her again. Did she, did she at least hook you up with some Lucozades from Tesco? Yeah. No, she didn't. She didn't. She saw oh. the queue and wanted to walk round Flitig Wreck. Um, and yeah, that was a no-no for me. What was it, 2002? I know, I know. I okay. thought we were going to get like a bomb boy, bad boy from a, a co-op and go and chill in <laughs> Ash's house and play FIFA. <laughs> Listening to some Rage Against the Machine, lovely. Exactly, with the orange beetle lights. Mm. But no, um, so yeah, uh, so lockdown dating life is uh, as it was before. Dreadful. Is that brilliant, to be honest? I was going to say, these are fucking gold. I haven't laughed as much for ages, Michael. Fucking fantastic, mate. Um, all right, well, look, we've, um, we're going to talk about um, Jay-Z Blueprint album. Um, it's been been a minute since we've really got stuck into an album voice. So I'm looking forward to this one. Um, so let's, um, let's have a quick, a quick intermission, and then we are going to jump into this album. Okay, boys. Uh, Jay Z Blueprint album. First of all, just wanted to um to get your thoughts. Jay Z back on Spotify is fucking great. Is it? Yeah. Though? yeah, it's it's good. It's weird though, isn't it? It's a bit it's weird. weird because he, that hi, hiatus by going down t- a tidal route for many years is this basically saying tidal's crap? I'm not making any money out of it. You know, I'm going to probably downvalue it. It's going to be sold to an Apple or a Spotify. And I'm just going to go on Spotify and Apple to make more money out of the situation. Well, that's how I see it, mate. I see it as like it, it basically proves that the Tidal project didn't work. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, mate. The problem is, is it's, if you look at the numbers, it's lost an awful lot of money, hasn't it? Because I was like, I was looking into it. And I think last... I think last year it lost like something like forty or fifty million or something um, dollars. So yeah, I, I I just feel like he's he's sort of come back with his tail between his legs, hasn't he? Like yeah, need need a bit more money now. Um, so it's it's weird, but it's good for everyone. I mean, hip hop wins, doesn't it? Let's be fair. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Is like for us, that's that's the best thing, right? Having his music back on Spotify must must be good, Michael. Yeah. Oh no, I I, I agree. For it to be on Spotify or any of those streaming sites, it's great for the the people who don't have all the Jay Z albums. I don't have Spotify or Apple Music because I've got every Jay Z album and any half decent hip hop artist that I want. But it's great for everyone else and and all the decent playlists that you can put together on Spotify with Jay Z in it. It's a win win, isn't it? Yeah, because that that was always the struggle for me, mate. Is that I had like um, an ultimate hip hop playlist with. 500 tracks on and very minimal jay-z which is mental uh, and now i've gone back through reasonable doubt blueprint black album etc and been able to put the best the best cuts from those albums on this on that playlist so it does make it a lot better but um yeah i just thought it was kind of interesting and obviously it means that we can put the tracks that we talk about today on our uh, hip-hop playlist for notorious pod which is good um so let's talk about the blueprint um can i ask a question before we start Go on, mate. Go on. Where does, at what level in your rankings is the highest Jay-Z album? Well, we're going we're gonna to so try... You've got the Black album, haven't you? Yeah, well, we're going to try later in the pod, mate. There's a question towards the end. Okay. Uh, so we're going to try and, and rank all the albums, see how we get on. Um, okay. 
can, we, can, we can write that out. So, um, but yeah, mate, it's good. Good question. We we'll definitely, we we'll definitely go through that. So, um, guys, what are your um, first memories of the blueprint when it came out? Because we talk about this a lot on the pod. That um, you know, for some of us, we kind of we didn't live through the golden era. We were too young, so we kind of our golden era, if you like, or the the era that we remember like artists like dropping stuff was this early 2000s period was you know jay-z dropping blueprint and um the game dropping and and people like that and 50 um and kanye etc so what were your early memories of the blueprint album mate when did you first come across it yeah mate it's um it's a really good point you make it's like it's right on the cusp for me 2001 because you know i was like 16 and stuff just starting to sort of really notice and pay attention to to hip-hop for me, um, it was Girls, Girls, Girls and um, the video to it. That was the first thing that really made me aware of the, blue, uh, the blueprint. Um, and also Carl going on about it quite a lot. But yeah, um, so it was it was mainly like at that time I was I was living in I was living in uh, Gravenhurst with my nan, actually, for various reasons. And I, I just remember like when um, when I was living with her, she decided that you know, basically was really into music and stuff. She'd get um she'd get MTV added to a sky package. Oh. And I just remember um just rinsing bass. I'd just get in and listen to MTV bass. And like Girls, Girls, Girls video was just on there so much. Like it was just on there all the time. And I think that was the first time I really kind of noticed the um the track and then therefore the album. Yeah, good shout. And that that video was classic. Um obviously so good. Yeah storytelling about each and every girl and the kind of like you know seeing that play out was was pretty cool how about how about you bum what were your early memories of this when did you first come across blueprint mate <laughs> so one of the one of the uh, well earliest memories you know 2001 etc but one memory which i always found bizarre about this entire album is that it came out the same day the world trade centers went down yeah which is mad like in today's market in you know the music industry if that happened they would have just pulled it yeah. although I guess the World Trade Center probably went down mid-afternoon or whatever, probably too late. But it for an album like this, I always just felt that if you delayed it a couple of months, the album sales probably would have doubled. Um, and then a great memory of this album is uh, Song Cry, when Gwyneth Paltrow sang the chorus at the Jay-Z gig at the O2. That was a great memory because he brought out Chris Martin and everyone was like, this is a bit strange. And then out of nowhere, you see Gwyneth um, next to the piano singing. Uh, and that was remarkable. Lovely. That's a, that, is a, that is a good memory, mate. Great shout. Um, yeah, I think for me, I kind of remember um, H to the Izzo coming out and just getting a lot of airplay on radio because it's quite a radio friendly track. And again, yeah, I remember obviously a close friend of ours, Carl, big up MC Ruff. Um, was really pushing us <clears throat> to kind of Jay Z, and at that at this time, um, we were me and Gaz particularly were very much on the garage uh, thing at that point, and and hip hop was still something that we were kind of getting into off the back of Drake yeah. 2001 and some of those early like early records that we were talked talked about before Wu Tang etc. And um, yeah, I remember this album and just hearing H to the Izzo and being like, just remember thinking this doesn't sound really like anything else. Um, which sounds mental now because, well, one, it's like a, it's a Kanye West production. So you kind of everyone knows what a Kanye beat sounds like. And also like hip hop has always used soul samples. But at the time, like it was quite different to a lot of stuff that was out. And it just it was just very like uplifting. And like most hip hop to me, I especially like kind of 
my memories of it was Wu-Tang and like Mob Deep and like fairly like dark and gritty. And this was kind of like light and fun and yeah, like kind of uplifting, which was kind of cool. And I remember just, again, I remember the video for that as well. Um, and and Girls, 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 they were the two tracks that really got me interested yeah. in the album. So yeah, good shout. I, I quite, um, one other thing which I love is Heart of the City is played on so many commercials. The beat, mm. it's obviously a Kanye beat and Kanye's become a specialist over the years, but just reminds you of the song. I know obviously the song's also a copy, isn't it? But yeah. still, it's just that beat you hear it, it just makes you think of Jay Z. Yeah, it's a good shout, mate. That's, and it's one of the one of the classic tracks from this album. We'll obviously go into a bit of detail on it. But yeah, it's um it's I think it is just called Part of the City, the original track. Um it's by Bobby Bland, I believe. Bobby Bland. Um, just from memory. Um so yeah, we had a question from um from Tony D. A big up Tony. Um he's reached out to us on Twitter to say, Did you know the cover art was inspired by Blighty's own Dave Courtney and Gaz you messaged me when we said we we're going to do this and you've, you've done a little bit of reading on this um, cover art haven't you mate? Yeah mate so um, it's really interesting actually it's it's, uh, it's a great photo I mean the original is and so is the recreation obviously is, is a bit like Scrobler difference like oh. Jay-Z uses like a mic and stuff that sit next to him whereas I think in the original picture there's like a knuckle duster and stuff but essentially it was like taken from a collection of photographs by this um, British photographer called Jocelyn Bainhog. Um, and it, there's a there's a really good book. I've been trying to, ever since I found this out, I've been trying to, been trying to buy it. Um, but there's a, there's a really good book titled The Firm. Um, and essentially, um, they're a collection of photographs that depict the life of gangsters in South London. And um, the picture that is recreated on the Jay-Z album is um, recognised gangster um, Clifford Joseph Price, a.k.a. Goldie. Um, so, yeah, it's Goldie, it's Goldie sat on the table. Oh, um, yeah, so not only does he go on Strictly Come Dancing, he also appears on the uh, Jay-Z album. <laughs> oh, that, is, that is a great stat. Yeah, because I always thought it was, it was Dave Courtney, but you're saying it's Goldie. It's Goldie, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Fucking hell. Good stat, mate. Was he also in EastEnders, or is that just a terrible stat? No, he was in EastEnders, yeah. Yeah, he's also in Snatch. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's done loads of... Goldie's done loads of shit, man. He's a, he's a fucking British legend. He's done so much with his career um, and helped help build a genre, of course, in, in the drum and bass world. So, yeah, what a fucking... Yeah. What a hero. Um, all right, boys. Well, look, let's um, let's get into the murder stats before we go any further, because there's a lot of uh, detail and interesting shit on this album. Yeah, um, so we'll, we'll cut through the murder stats for Jay-Z's The Blueprint. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is where we give you all the important stats and facts of the album, and then we will come back and start picking our way through it. The Blueprint is the sixth studio album by American rapper Jay-Z. It was released on September the 11th, 2001 by Rockefeller Records and Def Jam Recordings. Recording sessions for the album took place during 2001 at Manhattan Center Studios and Baseline Studios in New York City. Contrasting the radio-friendly sound of Jay-Z's previous work, the blueprint features soul-based sampling and production handled primarily by Kanye West, Just Blaze and Bink, as well as Timberland, Trackmasters and Eminem, who also contribute to the album's solo guest feature. The album is also famous for both its producers, Kanye West and Just Blaze's breakout as major producers. Kanye West produced four of the 13 tracks on the album, including the songs H to the Izzo and the controversial Takeover, which included diss lyrics aimed at rappers Nas and Prodigy, 
while Just Blaze produced three tracks, Girls, 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 Song Cry, and You Don't Know, also including the hidden bonus track, Breathe Easy, Lyrical Exercise. The Blueprint received universal acclaim for music critics, with praise being directed at Jay-Z's lyricism and the production. It is considered one of the best albums and has also been labelled as one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time. Despite its release coinciding with the September 11 attacks, it sold over 427,000 copies in its opening week and debuted at number one on the US Billboard. It was later certified two times multi-platinum and in 2019 the album was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Recording Registry for being culturally, historically and aesthetically significant. Okay, so they were your murder stats for uh, Jay-Z's The Blueprint. Um, as per the murder stats, uh, Thelonious Filth, our very own Thelonious, has asked, um, he released the album on 9-11. I think he knew something that we don't. Um, there's been Illuminati rumours for years about Jay-Z. Um, but actually, just in response to this, um, I read something which I thought was quite interesting. So in late August, Jay-Z announced a September to October tour in small venues because of the September 11th attacks occurring on the same day that the album was released. Um, the first two performances were rescheduled. So Chicago, San Francisco and Los Angeles were subsequently added. And Jay-Z donated a dollar of the cost of every ticket sold from the tour to relief organizations. So I thought that was quite interesting, boys, because we we've yeah, obviously spoken about the 9-11 thing. And he obviously tried to, to give back a little bit for that. Um, what, what do you boys think about these like Jay-Z Illuminati rumors? Because it does come up all the time. Yeah, like, the, um, the, weird, the weird thing is, is... Um, in the heart of the city, one of the lyrics that he um, one of the lyrics that he says is, "My brother, big predictor, this exactly right." And you know, then there's obviously like all the theories about what Biggie said about blow up like the World Trade. And yeah. so it's weird how it like comes round that on that day exactly, you know, like he's talking about something that Big predicted. Obviously not relative to the World Trade, but Biggie also said blow up like the World Trade. So there's like a weird link there as well, which is something that I found quite interesting. Yeah. And even from reasonable doubt days, um, you know, obviously it's like um dead presidents, uh Illuminati, yeah. Illuminati what my mind, soul and my body, which I know is a sample, but he used, you know, obviously Prem used that sample for him. Yeah. Um so yeah, I just I find that interesting, um, that the Illuminati thing and like the Rockefeller logo. Well, like the, the diamond symbol is like a triangle and that's the Illuminati. So I don't know, man. I feel like the whole Illuminati and celebrity culture is is kind of dumb because celebrities aren't that smart. And then you get the occasional one like Jay-Z, who's really smart. And people go, well, there you go. That proves it. And it's like, yeah, but there's all these other fucking dumbos that you're saying are involved as well. Like there's yeah. no way they're secret organizations. Um, mad shit. Also, also Jay-Z makes a lot of links to a lot of things, you know what I mean? It's not just like that's the only reference that he uses, you know, it's just I mean he's he's full of references in terms of his lyrics. It's to reference gangster movies, for example, you know, yeah. mentality and stuff like that. Exactly, mate. And we've we've got questions about that in a bit, so we'll we'll go into that for sure. Um but I've got a question for you, mate. Um if social media existed at the time of the release, how do you think the album would have gone down with the backdrop of Takeover versus Aoife? So obviously Jay Z versus Nas. Like, how do you think that would have played out on um, on social, mate? Back in back in the day, I think it would have made them ten times as much money. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Because let's be honest, you know, nowadays album sales don't sell you know as much as they once did. If you could have put in social media and the many platforms with album sales, 
didn't he sell like 2.7 million i read uh, of this album which is quite low um consider, considering some of his albums with social media you would assume it would have broken probably 10 million surely yeah so and with okay maybe a little bit of delay tactics on september 11 uh, you know getting all these um influencers to you know use a bit of the you know the songs on their silly videos etc it just i just think that social media would have just made it you know made them a lot richer than they already are and one's a billionaire so it's he doesn't need any more money <laughs> that's a good point how about you guys how do you think it would have played out online um we spoke in our last episode uh, on a hip-hop forum episode about like 90s rappers having twitter and i just said there'd be a lot of like gif based like beefs just mugging each other off um so i kind of think that there would be yeah, a little bit of, of comedy from people um how, how do you think it would have played out mate yeah, for sure, mate. I mean, like, like Bump, I think, yeah, it would have made him a ton more money, wouldn't it, if, if it had been out of the time. And especially because it was such a such a massive clash, the whole Ether, um, yeah, um, obviously Jay-Z, Nas, Beef, it was like, it was, a, it was a big deal, wasn't it? It was like probably the biggest, really, the biggest beef of like, let's say, 90s um, hip-hop artists. And so um, it would have just, kind of been more stirred like would have been more stirred up by social media i would imagine like all kinds of people jumping on the bandwagon and then um, yeah would have made a ton more cash just on the back of that what gaz is saying i think there's also the fear that it could have ended in tragedy because you've got all those trolls and all these morons in the world who would have seen the nas versus jay-z beef and thought they really don't like him you know i'm a jay-z fan he's mugging me off Let's get a gun and you know show Nas's crew you know a message. It could have it could have it could have just gone anywhere. But I know that's very you know easy to say. But yeah, mate, yeah. I think that's that's actually a good point because um, and Michael, you you mentioned to me about doing uh, kind of some bonus episodes on um, some younger rappers that have passed yeah. away and to kind of introduce them and we're 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 going to kind of potentially put those together while we're on lockdown. Um, but Pop Smoke. Um, he got killed off the back of putting on Instagram a picture of him and his crew um, in a rented location, and they by accident put in a, a street sign, which obviously like led to their location. And rival crew ro- like rolled up and just just obviously fucking shot them all. Fuck uh, yeah, which is fucking mental. So I totally agree with you, mate. I think actually it could have led to like an increase in violence and actually could have caused like a lot more, a lot more harm um, had that been the case. So, so yeah, I think it's, um, it's probably quite lucky that, you know, we had a reduced kind of social media presence back then because this was fucking huge. Nas versus Jay-Z at the time was fucking massive. Yeah. Um, so it was probably good um, that it wasn't, wasn't that way. So interesting. Um, boys, I want to talk about the singles we mentioned in the kind of in, uh, initial chat about um, you know what what got us into the album, and we've mentioned uh, H to the O and Girls Girls Girls. Um, the three other tracks from that um, was uh, Jigger uh, and also Song Cry. I think as four releases like um, H to the O, Girls Girls Girls, Jigger and Song Cry is pr- pretty good for a single run, I think. Um, and th- those tracks all have like their own individual styles, but obviously you've got. Um, you know Kanye and Just Blaze fingertips all over those tracks, and, yeah. which I think is is really interesting, and and obviously it's something that kind of blew up 
in terms of those guys, you know, having kind of a big influence on the game. Um, what, what were your favourite tracks from the, from the whole album and, and, and why? Um, Gaz, let, let us know your favourite tracks, mate. Yeah, mate, well, I've already mentioned Girls, 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 and I think it's just because of the, like, the nostalgia element. But seeing as, seeing as it was a release, then, you know, I try, I try not to kind of mention the release tracks in, in a way because, you know, I prefer to, prefer to talk about the album, the album records. But, yeah, so for me, um, All I Need is probably my favourite yeah. um, record on the whole album. But also, um, I'd like to chuck this one out there, boys. The Ruler's Back is one of the greatest track ones on any hip-hop album. Like, it's such a great record. Like, for me, it's the best beat on the album, um i really like kind of the message like the horns that are used like throughout the track i just for me it's such a great such a great instrumental and, and lyrics as well yeah fair it's um it's, it's certainly a good i, I was thinking this earlier because i listened to it just before we um i've been listening to it the last couple of days but I listened to it just before we started recording and yeah it's a, it's a very good tone setter for the album definitely um, especially considering his previous records were not really met with such you know great acclaim you know and then and then kind of the rule is back and it's like yeah okay it's like it's just kind of yeah just great intro yeah because it did kind of usher in a new era for jay-z didn't it did, kind of, yeah. did feel like he was back um which is which is what it was all about um how about you bun what were your favorite tracks um from the album mate so heart of the city is one of my favorite tracks yeah. but you don't know is one of is is being forced on me because on a number of Jay-Z concerts, he used to start with You Don't Know to get the crowd pumping. And I always like that because it's quite a good tempo song. And then Girls, Girls, Girls is just timeless classic. Yeah, mate, absolutely, absolutely fair. Um, I mean, there's so many good picks on here. I think for me, like I always like Takeover um because i i just really think it is one of and it, it, i just think it's one of the best diss tracks ever and the reason and i've talked about it so many times on various different pods the reason i think it's so good is because you know most diss track are an entire track and they're taking shots at one person so it'd be like i don't know um no vaseline or um the bitch in you or whatever these diss yeah. tracks right they're aimed at someone, right? What I like about Takeover is it's like shots at Mob Deep, shots at shots at Nas, um, and then just like half a bar for everyone else. And it's so it's just it's even more savage that he can't even be asked to make a whole track to dish you, or that he doesn't need to do it. He can just fucking savage you in the, the small time that it takes to to record the track. Um, and also, it's it like comes in after the ruler's back. It's the second track on the album. Yeah, which is aggressive. Which is fucking aggressive because <laughs> the album starts with like, yeah, the ruler's. I'm back. I'm here. I'm going to talk about these things, and then it's like, right now, I'm going to fucking savage everyone. Yeah, hip hop, and like, th he's not fucking around. These are not nobodies. This is Mob Deep and Nas. Yeah, like, two two of the you know, two of the greatest um, elements of hip hop. That we've that we've ever had and still have to this day, Mob Deep and Nas, and he's just like you lot of cunts, and I don't care. He knows it, and he's just and it's personal shit. It's not just like rubbish insults. It's fucking savage inside knowledge, and he's absolutely yeah. gone in. And also, also, can Kanye please go back to doing things like the Takeover? Yeah, I mean, what a good, the sample, like the door sample, and that is so good. Yeah, in fact, all of his beats are on, on here are great, and all of the. Um, in fact, all of the instrumentals on this album are amazing. Um, I think, yeah, they are. 
I think that the um, the whole album was made in six days. Yeah, I heard that. Apparently, he wrote the lyrics for it in, in like one to two days, which is a fucking joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be able to make an album this good in in that time is is absolutely fucking madness. Um, but yeah, the album was like made in a really. Because he knew the planes were coming, mate. That's, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Because he got the inside, he got the tip off, mate. So he knew. Exactly. Rang up Bin Laden and got the tip off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, mate. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I also really like All I Need, um, which is fucking great. And then Never Change, which is a David Ruffin sample. And again, I think the reason I really like this album is because the, the era of hip hop that this kind of was part of or ushered in was very like. Um, you know the Kanye West and Just Blaze time which was like big heavy soul samples and the production was getting cleaner and like louder and just sharper and better so everything just sounded really fucking like crystal clear and just dynamic and loud and amazing and you're right Bump you don't know and particularly the remix which is on um, Blueprint 2 and Blueprint 2.1 with MOP is up there in like my all time favourite fucking records especially for getting fucking hype like it's yeah, just it's tight, it? tight it's like, we, we talk a lot about um entrance music on here for like boxing that would definitely be in the mix for me as like entrance music for for hip-hop records yeah uh, absolutely love it it's, it's um, sensational Lass, can i just chuck something out there yeah, the whole um, um uh record i don't i i genuinely dislike it i don't know if you're gonna are you gonna ask about records dislike I wasn't, but yeah, go on. If there's, I just, I mean, I just feel like I feel like of, of all the records that Timberland could have give Jigger for this album, I just feel like I don't know. I, there's something just missing for that, like from that instrumental for me. I just I don't I don't like it. I've never one liked it. On the album. I've never liked it either. So I'm with you. It's the it's the only like for me. It's pretty much the only misstep. It's only trying. Yeah. I just go. Oh, I just skip that. But it's Timbo. Um, it's like right. in his gold in his like actual golden era as well. It's like could he not have, you know, done something, done something better? But there we go. That's just me. Well, especially as on the Black album, the um, instrumentals that Timbo gives to him, exactly. um, are are some of his best work, which is mental. And yeah. even on two point uh, two point one and Blueprint two, some of the Timbo beats like the bounce, which is like I think it's. Exactly. Uh, Timbo and Kanye on there, that that the instrumental would be better placed on this album. But yeah, bit weird, bit weird. Um, it's an odd one. Yeah, let's talk about um, let's talk about the production on the album. Obviously, it's very Just Blaze and, and Kanye heavy. Um, there's also other producers on there, um, Poke and Tone, uh, Bink, uh, obviously Eminem, Timberland. Yeah, exactly. Um, doing doing bits on this album as well. We had a question from um, Crate Eight Hundred Eight, Cam. Uh, they're asking us is Just Blaze in your top 10 or top 20 and if not why not bump I know to you guys it's probably going to be an easy statement but are we saying across all genres no hip hop hip hop producers then yeah yeah it would be yeah I don't think you would be he wouldn't be in my top 10 all genres uh, producers no, that's that. That's a, a completely different combo. But yeah. as far as hip hop goes, would you have him in top ten or top twenty, or where where would he rank for you, mate? I think he'd probably rank top twenty when you s- suddenly start looking at all the producers out there. Yeah, because yeah. I, think, I think like people like Teddy Riley goes under the radar quite often because you automatically think of the bigger bigger names. 
you know, but then like there are so many smaller artists, you know, uh, producers uh, who you could suddenly list if you wanted to put a 10, strong 10 down. Would he be in that top 10? I don't think he would. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think if you started listing it, you you know, you're thinking of the likes of um, Primo, Alchemist, RZA, uh, Large Professor, maybe. Um, I think I think if you really sat down and thought about Q-Tip, obviously Pharrell, Timberland, um, Kanye. Yeah, he's got to be up there, isn't he? He's got to, He's he's in the conversation. Dre, Dre, yeah. You could keep going on and on. Yeah. That's the problem uh, a little bit. You, you know, the hit squad and all them lot, you know, they, I, I, I would say top 20, sure. But top 10, I think it'd be hard. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point, Michael. I think top, top 20 for sure, because I think, we, you know, we've listed probably 10. Uh, so you could make a conversation for any of those, like slipping out of the top 10 and just Blaze taking their place. So top 20 for definite. And then I think you could always have an argument for, for top 10. But on this album... He's he has created some absolute fucking gold on this yeah. album, and, all, and also like, since Bass, like yeah, know, even on the Black album, like Show Me What You Got, for example, that was just Blaze, which is like an unbelievable track. Show Me What You Got. I mean, obviously it's a sample and stuff, but you know, still uh, for me, it's it's a great record. And also, um, Oh Boy, Cameron, that yeah. was him. Um, Exhibit C, J Electronica, great um, instrumental again. There's, like, there's a few records where you think, hold on, you know, he, he is quite a standout. And, you know, he's like you say, his contribution to this album is just is, is amazing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at so his output on this album, you've got like Girls, 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 uh, You Don't Know, Song Cry. Like they are, they are, you know, three of the best tracks on the album. Yeah. And kind of iconic as well. Like song, song cry was massive. Like I remember when um, the MTV unplugged Jay Z, and song cry is like one of the standout performances on that um, set. So, yeah, between between him and Kanye on this album, this kind of elevated both of them into that kind of bracket of producers that everyone wanted to work with. Um, you know, and Kanye spoke about it before when he started working on this album. Afterwards, everyone was like, "Ah, oh, can you make me like Blueprint beats? Like, I want beats like Blueprint." Um, so you know, between him and Just Blaze, they kind of created this new new sound, like we spoke about, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. So yeah, to answer your question, Cam from Crate Eight Hundred Eight, um, Just Blaze is definitely in the top twenty, potentially in the top ten. Um, boys, if we had to pick one beat though, what the one best beat? Guys, you mentioned uh, Rulers Back as potentially your favourite beat. Are you sticking with that, mate? Yeah, I think so, mate. Yeah, um, that that is the one for me. Um, close is is all I need. Um, I just love the the whole composition of both of those records um yeah so that they would be my two favorite but bump how about you mate best mine's beat? girls 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 yeah it's fair it's, it's such a good beat yeah the voice of an angel mate yeah. oh i know um, yeah mate i totally agree with you i think it's um girls 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 definitely up there um you don't know it's just a fucking banger um, and I do think Heart of the City, Kanye beat, yeah. amazing. And he talks about it a lot. Um, he actually made Heart of the City for DMX, um, which is mental because I can't imagine that at all making any sense. Um, and the, yeah, the yeah. problem with Heart of the City is I can't think what the original sounds like, but I'm sure there's very, lots of similarities between the two. The original is, is pretty much identical. It's, exactly. So that's yeah. why I was just thinking like, you've just taken a beat and just 
modernized it somewhat. Um, yeah. But then yeah. that's that's part of the beauty of of sampling and part yeah. of the yeah. genius of a producer. Yeah, it's like, a remastered thing, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. like like RZA and Cream. That is just basically like the first four bars of the of the track. Is that dung That's it. And he's just looped that. It's not. There's not anything. He's not really changed it that much. But it's the genius of hearing that and going. If you just put the simplicity, sometimes is what makes it genius. I think. So, um, yeah, I think that that's that's a fair shout um, for those for those beats. Okay, so we had a couple of different questions um, from a couple of different people about uh, Renegade, which is the only feature on this album, which is Eminem. Mr. Porter on Instagram asked us, Renegade, who bodies who? And then we had John Calvin on Twitter ask us, on a scale of one to ten, how much did Eminem completely own the Renegade song? So I think... <laughs> That's leading. <laughs> it's a leading question there from John Calvin. Um what do you boys? What do you boys think of the track? First of all, um, Bump. I'll start with you, mate. What, what do you think about Renegade as a track? Uh, Jay Z and, and Eminem going back to back on this, mate. I, I think the one thing that's clear: if this song was in today, it would have been in the charts. And it was it in the chart. Was it a song that he released? No, I didn't release it as a single, which is interesting. Yeah. So you know, with Eminem's, obviously, I'm not the biggest Eminem fan, but with Eminem's uh influence in the the industry it would have been released um it's a good song it is a good song i do prefer other songs but you know that's just personal opinion yeah fair how about you guys um it's one of the weaker tracks on the whole album for me i think again the album potentially could have done without it um this is just my personal opinion um but it is on there um for me eminem absolutely smashes jay-z i would agree with chap on twitter for me personally, but the way I look at it is it's it's a complete Eminem sound, like the instrumental has got Eminem written all over it. For me, it's not a Jay-Z, it's not the kind of track that I would expect to hear Jay-Z on. So I think that that's a, a real reason why Eminem just like smashes it is because it's him, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's made for him, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a fair shout. I mean, I, I tend to uh, I tend to agree with you on the point of like it's it's just an Eminem beat, and I and I talk about it every episode. Eminem beats they all sound the same. I don't like the production on Eminem beats. I think he's not a particularly gifted beat maker, and I actually think since he started making his own beats, as a result of that, he's he's lost part of his magic as well as a rapper. Yeah, for sure, uh, he sounds so much better on other productions. This track, this track would be better on an Eminem album with Jay Z as the feature and just. Definitely. Just switch it around. Like that's that's for me. It's just not at home on this album. Yeah, I agree. It's it's, it's a like Eminem's carved his own lane, which is like it's of course it's it's hip hop, but it's not the street shit, the kind of um, mafioso type hip hop that Jay Z was making. And the thing about Eminem, and he still does it now, is he, like he goes off on these fucking weird tangents about doing mad shit, and he does it a little bit on this track where you kind of like he's off topic a little bit, just because the rhyme scheme works, and sometimes it just loses its emphasis. Whereas I think Jay Z actually crafts the song better, um, in the sense of the way that he actually keeps the focus on what his subject matter is. So I yeah. think kind of on the surface, it seems like Eminem's just going in, and it is amazing, and his flow, as always, and his technique, as always, is amazing. But I actually think slyly, Jay-Z actually does a very good job of just showing Eminem less is more. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fair shout. But I don't think there's a wrong answer because I think that at this time, particularly, they're both just top of the game um, and just showing everyone else basically like we're the fucking top dogs right now. So shut your mat. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, interesting. All right. Well, the other thing I wanted to ask, um, which is kind of on a similar like note, really, is if you could hear another feature on this album. So bearing in mind the times that we were in then, um, who would you have picked? Um, and like, you know, what, like what track would they be on, basically? So the Eminem um, Renegade track stays, but you can have another featured artist on another track on this album. What, um, what artist would you pick and what song? Um, I'm going to go Cameron um, because at, at this time he was he was smashing it. I think um, Come Home With Me was like, what, the, the following year? Was it 2002? Something like that. He was, I think he was also on Rockefeller at this point. Yeah. But like, there, there was a really good chance that he could have been on the album. And I would have put him on You Don't Know because I just think his like, smooth flow would have just been sick over the top of You Don't Know, like something like really aggressive. Yeah, fair. That's a that's a good shot, actually, mate. Uh, how yeah. about you, Bum? Is this is this thinking of a rapper from today or just in general? Uh, just in general, I, I was kind of thinking like a rapper of the time or like before. Um, but yeah, mate, if you want to open it up to to like any rapper ever, as long as yeah. they're alive. I, I was just merely thinking, similar to Gaz, you don't know if this was today, it would feature Travis Scott. <laughs> yeah, which I know is mental, but you could imagine his, you know, his thing, and then his rap featuring somewhere on that song. Yeah, I'd love to hear some of those, like some of the artists of today, on the instrumentals of of yesterday, though. But the, yeah. the, prob- the problem with this this whole discussion is we know what happened when R. Kelly and Jay Z made an album, which was pretty dog crap. So <laughs> yeah, you know. Good it's point. sometimes better if they just, you know, stay doing their own thing. Oh, one thing just to chuck in, lads, I don't know if you've both, uh, during your research, seen Rolling Stones did a top Jay-Z 50 songs, uh, well, f- top 50 songs, and You Don't Know was number five and voted best song of this album. Wow. Fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's fair enough. I um I would have just put the remix on this album, so I would have had MOP over you don't know, um because the remix is and this might be controversial. I don't know. I don't I don't think it is. The remix is much better than the original. Uh, MOP just bring the fucking fire on that remix, and yeah. if that remix was on here, I think it would be even bigger because, uh yeah, this album was massive, and obviously like Blueprint two and two point one were fine but they don't have the same impact culturally um and so if you'd have had mop who were also rockefeller at that time i believe uh on the on the on this version was the original was with mop i think that would have been massive um because it's just it's such a banger and that their version is so hench um so yeah, yeah. i would like to have had the, the remix as the original basically have mop on the album and also anything with mop is always straight fire yeah fair enough so yeah, would have had that. Um, okay, uh, let's talk about um, favorite lyrics or verses from the album. Um, any particular, any particular favorites, boys? Uh, Gaz? Um, not, not really, mate. Um, lyrics wise, uh, yeah, um, none that, none that spring to mind immediately. To be fair, which I know is a bit of shit, but yeah, I just think like the whole, I just think the whole album, like generally speaking, I just think it's littered with lyrics that I might 
choose. Um, so there's none that really stand out, to be fair. Yeah, fair enough. I always liked um, on uh, All I Need, like the first verse on there, because it's kind of like, what I like about this track is he's like bigs, bigs up the label, basically, and kind of like talks about a lot of Rockefeller artists, which I always thought is, is pretty cool. And it's just like, fuck it, I got my swagger back. Mama said they killed a man. Well, I guess I got my dagger back. It's the rock bastards. We are back. You know, he's it. I just, yeah. it's, it's just it's great, like simple Jay-Z, just like going into, um, yeah, Rockefeller chat and stuff like that, which I always thought was pretty cool. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it's just interesting, kind of like talks about, um, yeah, just, just Rockefeller, Rockaware, stuff that they're doing, which I always thought was pretty cool. So I like that verse. Um, obviously, Takeover, um, the whole the whole track is just fucking fire. And also the last, um, the, the half, I've only got half a bar for y'all, so fuck y'all. Like, I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's quality. Last, the last verse is good. Um, how about you, Bump? Any favourite verses or um, favourite lyrics, mate? Um, yeah, so I just quickly had a quick look on Google at lyrics. Um, and I've always liked the lyrics on girls, 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 just because yeah. of, uh, the different types of girls, uh, that he's got on the scene. Um, yeah, I think, I think they're great. Isn't, isn't it, isn't one, Diego, why don't you buy me Reebok no more? Am I making that up? Yeah. No. Something similar. Yeah. Cause she, that's this, the young, I got a young chick or whatever it is. Yeah. She, she never want to come on tour like, Jigga man, why you don't buy me Reeboks no more? Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Love that lyric. Yeah. So good. In fact, that that album is um, sorry, that album, that track is full of like great one-liners in there. Um, there's also like there's also one bit which I remembered earlier when I was listening back to it that just cracked me up because at the time I obviously like didn't understand the slang. So he's talking about I got my stewardess chick. Yeah, uh, she looks good in that blue dress and and she's nice and thick. And obviously, like thick in UK slang means like not very smart. So I was like. <laughs> That's a bit harsh. Like, why is he mugging her off? Like, she's just doing her job. Like, why is he calling her thick? That is so, that is bang out of order. Uh, and then, obviously, as I've grown up and realized what thick means, and now I understand that that's also my preference, that we're completely aligned. So, yeah. Um, good. good. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about um, lyrics, and Gaz, you mentioned it earlier um, in terms of uh, kind of the, the tone of a lot of Jay Z albums and a lot about, you know, things he touches on. Uh, Connor G underscore E Connor regular listener big up yourself um, he's asked us what's your favourite organised crime slash mobster lines from, from Hove um, he's a, he said he's a big fan of who shot ya mob ties like Sinatra from Brooklyn's Finest with beer yeah. Um, yeah. which I think is, is a really good point because obviously like a lot of the mobster mafioso organised crime stuff um, runs through like Jay-Z's kind of back catalogue yeah, so I thought this cool. was a really good question like did you have any um you know lines or tracks that you thought this would you know particularly work well for guys yeah mate again um reasonable doubt for me is just like full of them and they're like bits bits and pieces but um on can i live i really like the lyric when he um when he says true this the street schoolers to spend our money foolish bond with jewelers watch for intruders i stepped up a level a level meditated like a buddhist and then he says, recruited lieutenants with ludicrous dreams of getting cream, let's do this. And that, like for me, like that whole reference of recruiting like street street lieutenants and stuff, like, you know, there's, there's so many like connotations to organised crime with that, isn't there? And, you know, again, the whole, the whole album's just full of it. Um, 
it kind of got me thinking about why mob culture is important in hip hop and um, kind of made me realize that, you know, people like Al Capone and like street heroes and stuff, there's a lot of like links between a hip hop artist and what a hip hop artist could mean to, you know, kind of that whole street mentality. Yeah, mate, spot on. I, I think that's that's totally right. And I've, I've recently just watched um, the, the MTV um, series. Yeah. Um, it's called Classic Albums. And yeah. uh, it's on Sky at the minute. And they've just done uh, Reasonable Doubt with Jay-Z. It's filmed in like late 90s, early 90s. And so you have all of the producers on there. You have Jay-Z himself on there. Uh, all the featured artists. Like, it is fantastic. Like, they go through all of the major tracks on the album in like great detail and one of the things that they talk about on there is like this idea of like talking about and being a street for that the, uh, being a voice for the street and actually what's interesting is obviously the front cover of that album and the same with blueprint is this kind of gangster imagery yeah um but not necessarily being in line with it because if you think about it like organized crime and mobsters is like an italian american thing um which is to be frank a fairly kind of racist thing <laughs> against against black people and yeah. i really like that hip-hop has kind of like adopted it and taken on some of those um ideals and kind of turned it as a, into a kind of a positive thing of like you know the hustler's motivation and um you know the idea of kind of like you know silence and the omerta and all those all those like gangster imagery i think is really cool and Jay jay-z is very good at um bringing that together um how about you bump anything that's kind of stands out from that side of things mate in terms of the mob so, so it's unfortunately it's not in this album, but um, in No Church uh, in the Wild, obviously the chorus being human beings in a mob. What's mob to a king? Was a king to a god? And I just always think that you know he's referencing the mob culture. Yeah. They're always following someone who's a higher presence than they are, which I quite like. Um, but yeah, I, I know there's other references to mobs uh, across his albums, but I always just quite like that. Yeah, good shout. Great shout, mate. Great shout. And yeah, I, I, I think um, I think I also agree. I really like that line from Brooklyn's Finest, that who shot your mob ties like Sinatra. Um, yeah, mate, great, great question. Um, appreciate that. Um, uh, so, just sorry, mate, quick one. Um, a lyric that I've always loved is that CBS one as well. I know we talked about it before, but um, in that lyric is Watch for Intrusions. And later on, he says, keep one eye open like CBS. Which I just think is like one of the greatest lyrics, like, and that's that's also from Reasonable Doubt, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jay Z's lyrics, unbelievable. Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, it's great. And that, um, again, if you go through the Reasonable Doubt album, I think from terms of like wordplay and uh, metaphors, and actually most of the best like mob stuff is actually on Reasonable Doubt. Yeah. I've got some great stuff on there. Um, okay, next question from MF Gloom. He asks, um, some people argue that Jay's best output came in Naughty's Blueprint, Black Album, etc. Are there any other 90s rappers that didn't do their best work in the 90s? Uh, and then he's given MF Doom and Rock Marciano as example. This, I thought this was actually a really hard question because... It's a good question, yeah. It's really good because there aren't many... So there are obviously quite a few who have started in the 90s and I've still been active afterwards but there aren't many that I could think of anyway that were better after the 90s period like you know you have people that would re release their their best and most known albums is there within their first one or two um I thought this was really hard and actually think the examples that he gave were pretty spot on like MF Doom still putting out amazing stuff Rock Marciano is probably bigger and better now than he was in the 90s um 
I don't know if you boys could think of anything else. I was really struggling with this one, if I'm being honest. Yeah, mate. I, again, I don't want to keep mentioning him, but for me, Cameron, um, yeah. his material before um, Come Home With Me was not as not strong for me. Like, for me, it was all about um, likes of Just Blaze, Kanye touching that album, touching his career, which kind of excelled him onwards a little bit through the noughties like whereas he for me perhaps like his material in the 90s wasn't necessarily strong that was another one which i personally thought of but yeah it's a good shout actually i didn't really think about cam um and, and cam one as well is, is such a funny character because he, he he's not really talked about that much anymore but he had a like he had such a good run uh, and he was kind of massive for, for a little while it was weird yeah, yeah for sure Good shout. Bump, I don't know if you thought of anyone, mate, but I, I was really struggling with this. Yeah, no, I was struggling. I was, I, I was, I know it's a very controversial statement, but to a, t- a certain degree, could you say Eminem? I know he came out, you know, late 90s, but he really came into his own from 2000 on. It's actually a really good point, mate, because he actually had, so everyone thinks he's, not everyone, but a lot of people think his um, first album was the Slim Shady LP. No. Actually, his second album and his first yeah. one, Infinite, I think was the 90s. I think it was yeah, 90s. it was 96. Oh, there you go, yeah. So, so yeah, mate, that's actually quite... Marshmallow's a- LP was 2000. And obviously, from there on, okay, I'm not the biggest fan, but he's produced consistently a lot of good albums, hasn't he? Yeah. But hold on, hold on two sex boys, because I think, you know, I think what we need to do is... What, what do we mean by, you know, better material? Do we mean more sales? Because, you know, a lot of hip-hop heads would say, well, you know, kind of his underground stuff was generally seen as better. And then, I guess, when did he actually break the market? It was through the 2000s, wasn't it, really? Yeah, true. Then I, would, I suppose what's our definition, you know? Of, true. I would say that, yeah, I agree with you, mate. I do agree with you. Like, his stuff on Raucous and stuff was, was really great. But yeah. I, do, I do think that the stuff he subsequently put on Slim Shady LP and Marshall Mathers was equally as good and also massively commercially successful. Granted, yeah. after that, his like, career is very wishy-washy for me personally, but I think you can make the argument that from Infinite, which was like his first album, to Slim Shady, that he's better at Slim yeah. Shady than he was at. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair can shot. I, can I chuck out maybe another one? Go on. Lil Wayne. Fuck Lil Wayne. Fuck Lil yeah. Wayne. Little anything. Fuck that little twat. You, I said, <laughs> fuck that bitch. Well, fuck that bitch, Carol Baskin. Obviously, he tried to put out music in the late nineties. Yeah, and, and then you know, two thousand and four, the Carter really put him to that next level. Fucking hell, was that two thousand and four? Jesus. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that has gone too quickly. Um, yeah, mate. That's a, yeah. In all seriousness, I mean, I hate Lil Wayne, but in all seriousness, that is um. That's a fair point. He he obviously did like blow up and become one of the biggest rappers in the world um, later in, kind of technically later in his career, which is yeah, it's a fair shout. It's a yeah. fair shout. Really interesting question that one. Um, MF Gloom as well always asks us good questions. Regular listener, so big up yourself, MF Gloom. Boom. Um, okay, this was the one. Uh, this next question was the one that um, we started at the beginning. I think what we'll do is we'll take a break. Because Tony D has asked us, um, where does this album rank in Jay's dis- discography? I think what we'll do is we will try and work out what Jay-Z's top three best albums are. And then we'll work out if Blueprint makes the cut. <laughs>
Okay, so like I said, Tony D wants us to um, rank this album in Jay's discography. But what I thought would be really interesting is to see if we can kind of ba basically discuss his whole career, so discuss all of his albums, um, and then see if Blueprint would fit into essentially the top three albums from his entire career. We were just talking off air about well, Jay-Z almost having like three eras, basically. And we, we've kind of just discussed it between... We kind of see it as like from from '96 at Reasonable Doubt up to '99 with um, Volume Three, Life and Times of Sean Carter. Then it starts kind of a new era, which is more of these like soul samples, Just Blaze, Kanye production, uh, which is the Dynasty album, Blueprint, um, the Unplugged album, Blueprint Two, Blueprint Two Point One, and finishing with the Black album, where he goes into some weird like retirement. Yeah. He then has a three-year hiatus and comes back with Kingdom Come and then American Gangster. And so I guess it's kind of four years because those two just don't fit in with anything, really. And then it starts again with this new era, which is from 2009 onwards, which is Blueprint 3. Watch the Throne, which is um, obviously with Kanye, so you can debate whether that's a, a, a single Jay-Z project or not. Um, Magna Carta, Holy Grail, and then uh, 2017, 444. Um, let's take Watch the Throne out because otherwise we could potentially have to add in the J Electronica and Jay Z album. So let's let's yeah. exclude that. So Blueprint Three, Magna Carta, and Four Forty Four. So first of all, um, Bump, I'll ask you, mate. Do you have a preferred out of those like four eras? Let's call it. Um, do you have a preferred era that you think was his best in terms of consistency, mate? Uh, second era. Yeah. So basically, Dynasty through to the Black Album. Yeah. How about you, Gaz? Um. Because I can't discount my favourite, which is Reasonable Doubt, I have to say his first era. Yeah, and because that, and I get that because like the Re Reasonable Doubt is fucking amazing. It's classic. It's yeah. a classic. You but know, would you would you have Reasonable Doubt ahead of say the Black Album? Definitely, yes. I, I, would, I wouldn't. Yeah, which fair enough. Like it's each to their own. And I think yeah, to be honest, if you let's guys, let's take reasonable doubt out, and then that conversation becomes so much easier, right? Correct. Definitely, yeah, for sure. Without without question. Because I really like the Dynasty album. Blueprint is great and Blueprint Two is decent. Blueprint two yeah. is good as well. And the black album. So you've got kind of like two or three really good solid albums there. Definitely. Whereas, I would agree. Whereas, like, if you take Reasonable Doubt out, again, there's bangers on all these albums, but, like, In My Lifetime, Volume 1, um, Friend or Phone 98 is great. Uh, yeah. There's a few others on here that are decent that I like. Streets, uh, is, Streets watching. is Watching is great. Yeah. Then you go to Volume 2, obviously, Hard Not Life was fucking huge. If I Should Die is a fucking banger. Swiss Beats, Ride or Die. Um, money cash hose a week ago like that's yeah. that actually volume two is actually fucking banging i forgot about that uh and volume three's got so ghetto on it yeah so ghetto do it again as well as a banger so there are good tracks big pimping is that your bitch so there are good tracks on that so yeah i if i was pushed i think i'd still go for that first era but i think um what you've said is is pretty spot on bump in terms of like black album blueprint dynasty is a pretty solid era. What the the last era, so the most recent one, um, it's probably been his most profitable, um, which is interesting. Do you, do you think his um, rise to kind of massive success was kind of coincided with a couple of things? One, his relationship with Beyonce, and his kind of move into more. I wouldn't say pop. He hasn't made. He hasn't ever made like pop records necessarily, but he's like obviously headlined Glastonbury and started to kind of 
become more in the lexicon of just general pop culture do you reckon he's like he's made more money even though his music's in my opinion not, not can, good. can i can i just add something yeah. uh, cole tonkins once said it i'm sure gaz and you might have been there as well bass is jay-z's uh you know fame album sales etc you know increase massively because for a certain era maybe in his third or fourth period there just wasn't any great artists uh, that many great artists so you probably had Eminem and one or two others and then Jay-Z at you know 45 was still putting out these albums and still selling shed loads because there wasn't consistently enough decent artists which I kind of agree because if we look at the first two you know periods they they all follow a, a certain rhythm that Jay-Z not Jay-Z Kanye just Blaze are producing all those albums after that in my opinion, his standard of album just dropped. Yes, record sales went through the roof, but that just goes back to the statement that there wasn't consistently enough decent artists. It's a really good point. Competition, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good point. And also, I think he um, he cashed in on this idea of being like the best rapper alive, and because he'd lived through the golden era, and so he had this like, well, I'm old. I'm old school. Um, so like it's kind of the nostalgia element and the fans that were there at the beginning still rocking with him. And then this idea of being like one of the biggest artists in the world and the people like, oh, fucking hell, I should just go and see. You know, like all of us would go, if we were given a ticket to see like an Elton John or someone like that, you'd be like, well, fuck it, it's Elton John. I'll go and see him because it's, it's Elton John. It's one of the biggest names in world music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Jay-Z is now in that bracket of like, Oh, I'm not a hip hop fan, but it's Jay Z. You got to go and see Jay Z, haven't you? So I think he he cashed in on that, you know. But on the back of that, as we spoke about earlier, social media has played a huge part in him selling lots of albums, and the fact he's a likable figure with a trophy wife, and he's friends with every decent sports player in America. Yeah, you know, every one of them they're sitting in the change rooms, they're playing Jay Z conveniently, they're drinking Ace of Spades conveniently in a nightclub. Okay, Diddy would probably argue about Ciroc, but you know, th- this whole persona has been created that he's the greatest rapper of life, which, you know, there will be lots of arguments around. Yeah, exactly. Especially as Vanilla Ice is still alive. Do you know what I mean? Fucking, <laughs> fucking liberties. Um, yeah, no, totally, mate. I think you're absolutely right. He's managed, he's managed his career and his image fantastically, <laughs> built a fucking empire. Um, and the thing you can say whatever you like about Jay-Z the artist and Jay-Z the rapper but like he says for himself it's like I'm not a businessman I'm a businessman like he has created this fucking empire that you cannot fuck with and as long as you have the money and the influence which he has like you'll you'll always be on top and he's um he's done well I do I do actually like 444 I think it's actually a really good album and I think the reason that I like it is because the production is predominantly no ID who's again like been Kanye's mentor and um worked with, with rappers that I like like Common and, and it brought that soul sound back that was on was on blueprint um but for the other albums and the features and stuff around around that last era just not for me I don't really like it okay so let's try and let's try and get a top 3 um I've given you I'll give you boys some thinking time so I'm going to make the pitch that his top 3 albums of all time uh in no order are reasonable doubt uh, the Black Album and The Blueprint. Those would be my pitch for the best three Jay-Z albums of all time. Um, two from the kind of middle era, but I do think that that 
maybe backs up your point, Michael, that actually that was probably his strongest era if you're looking at across the board. Um, but Reasonable Doubt is is one of the best hip-hop albums, if not one of the best made albums of all time of any genre. So I can't leave that out. So I, I would pitch them three. Um, Gaz, I don't know if you've got anything different to me, mate. What you say? No, mate, I've, um, funny enough, I've got exactly those three albums. Um, yeah, so 96 through to 2003. Um, so obviously that's pretty much expanding that bracket, isn't it, that we set? So just kind of covering period one and period two. But for me, um, the best albums in in an order, from my personal point of view, yeah, go on. So number three, Black Album, two, Blueprint, and number one, Reasonable Doubt. Yeah, find it hard to argue with that. Bump, have you, have you got anything different, mate? Yeah, my, mine would be uh, the same three, and I would go um, the Black Album, uh, the Blueprint, and then Reasonable Doubt. Interesting. I would probably, I would probably, um, I'd probably agree with Gaz. I'd have reasonable doubt number one, and yeah, probably Blueprint two, and then Black Album. But I think, yeah, I'm glad that we've come to a consensus because I, the more I look at the, the list, it's like there are some great tracks on those other albums, but as complete albums, like all three of those, you could just put them on and listen to the whole thing. And um, you know, there's always stuff going on on twitter about you know, albums that you don't skip any tracks and yeah okay granted like we've spoken about hola jovito as a track you'd skip and i'm sure that there's probably you know one or one or two tracks on the other albums we mentioned but generally i think as albums as like bodies of work those those three albums are his best and i think that they're great but if you if you disagree hit us up on twitter give us a shout tell us where we got where we went wrong i'd love to know people's top three jay-z albums of all time and why um so definitely definitely do that um right boys Coming towards the end, um, Gaz, I'd love for you to give us your kind of pitch, basically, for people who've never heard this album. So, they've, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they love Jay-Z and they love Reasonable Doubt, but they just kind of didn't really listen to anything after that. Or if they're, you know, new to kind of hip hop or they haven't been able to listen to a lot of Jay-Z because it's not been on Spotify and they thought they'd give this episode a listen to kind of, you know, see if it'll pique their interest. Yeah. What would, what would your pitch be for people who've never heard this album? Why, why would you recommend it? Why should they listen? I think it. I think it does a couple of things, mate. Um, I think it's got. It's kind of got a bit of everything. It's got a bit of um, kind of thoughtful, like introspective Jay Z. Then it's got a bit of like you know, with his with his bat, like with obviously the takeover and the whole beef with Nas. It kind of embodies a bit of everything, really. Um, the other thing I would say is it's also like a real poignant point in hip hop, isn't it? Because it's the start of another big artist's career for me in, in Kanye's kind of exposure and um, introduction to the Rockefeller family and obviously that catapulted his career as well so a lot of his work is also really important on this album I, I feel. Yeah good shout good shout what about you Bumble? what would you say to someone mate to try and get uh, this- well what I would say to someone unfortunately in this corona time um, if you're stuck at home locked down with a partner who you're questioning whether you still love anymore um, <laughs> put the black um put the blueprint on sit back relax listen to one of the greatest rap artists alive and remember why you fell in love with each other beautiful <laughs> beautiful mate love it perfect, perfect <laughs> good summary. shout perfect summary oh. um, 
good stuff boys that's been fucking great i've really enjoyed talking about that and i, I like we say all the time when we do these um episodes is it's just really nice like re-listening to these albums because you kind of there's so much music to listen to um kind of being forced to to, to listen to something kind of in its entirety again because i'm really bad for just putting stuff on playlists but like listening to these albums as they were intended is is great and i've really enjoyed it so yeah good stuff boy it's been really good fun just a quick one on jay-z Go on. My thoughts are artists like Jay Z shouldn't produce, bring out any new music anymore. You think he's should... over fifty now, and there's been a decline in the quality of his content. Why don't he just be an absolute money cow now and just tour and just do all his greatest hits? I don't yeah. understand why he keeps bringing out these average albums. With I know it's money, but he could you know, tour the world and bring out so much better, you know, make more money than they'll ever need. He's a billionaire anyway. Yeah. To be fair, to be fair, if there was a Jay-Z tour and it was like, right, I'm literally playing hit of every album, like the best fucking bangers off every album, I would fucking spend any amount of money to get a ticket. Yeah, surely he's got that in the pocket though, hasn't he? Yeah. He's going to do that. He has, but I, I still think... Him, Kanye, they're all, they're all arrogant and they live in this world of, you know, we're big enough to sell out regardless if we bring out a bullshit album. I remember when um, Yeezus came out and Kanye did it at um, British Summertime, wasn't it? Or No, it wasn't. It was um, Wireless Festival. And people booed him and chucked stuff on the stage because they wanted <laughs> to hear his old stuff. But mm-hmm. he's just arrogant. He was like, well, I, I didn't say I was going to do any of my old stuff. Yeah. The thing is, like, I get it, because if you're an artist, right... And I think about this all the time with like big artists who have like big songs that everyone loves. Like it must get a bit annoying to like constantly do the same old stuff. When your catalogue's as big as Jay's, like, you know, imagine hearing Jay-Z doing So Ghetto in the O2. Like that would just be fucking amazing. Like I'd love to hear that. You know, it doesn't have to do fucking Bonnie and Clyde with fucking Beyonce. Like no one gives a shit about that. I just want to hear some fucking drug <laughs> shit from 96, motherfuckers. Have you seen on um, Spotify, have you seen his top played tracks since he come back? Oh, God. What are they? I bet they're awful. Empire State of Mind. Pathetic. Oh, actually, no, sorry. I'll do it, I'll do it in order. So, in Paris, number one. Sure. Uh, number two, Narcissists. Encore. Yeah, apologies for that. Quoting. Um, Empire State of Mind, number three. And No Church in the Wild, number four. And Run This Town, number five. Pathetic. Which is mental, which is completely mental. Wow. Lucifer when you need it. God. Oh, exactly. But this this is what it highlights to me though, boys, is this this highlights um the Spotify generation versus like the nice hip hop generation, which is that these are the songs that people know for Jay Z. Like yeah. that people that are the prime demographic for uh Spotify and for this like level of technology. Like like Bomb said, Bump listens mm-hmm. to these albums because he bought them when they were out. And has them like our generation like do embrace Spotify, but not to the same extent as like you know if you go if you look at Jay Z's numbers right, they are huge like five hundred million on um, some of these tracks, uh, one hundred forty nine million, two hundred. They are huge, but you find other fucking dog shit art. Like I wonder right, let's do this as an experiment. Gucci Gang, one of the shittest songs of all time by Little Pump, right? That let's have a look at that. I'm gonna search for this little twat. Let's see how many plays he's got. Right. Millions. Right, he's got fucking hell. He's got a track 
that I've never heard of called Arms Around You. It's got 413 million listens. That's more than Jay-Z's biggest track. Jay-Z's biggest is um, 533 million. Oh, fine. Okay, so it's just underneath that then. Yeah. But it's Little Pump versus Jay-Z, and we're talking yeah. about being, it being close. What, what, what world do we live in? Yeah. It's fucking mental, boys. So yeah, big pimping by Jay Z has been played forty-five million times. It's yeah, great. and so it's not enough. <laughs> it's mental, isn't it? It's mental, and it's like I said before. You know, classic albums, absolute classics. Um, you know, like Raekwon, only built for Cuban Licks, hasn't gone platinum. That's unbelievable. So you know, so this is what I mean. You, you, we're in a different era now. And this is why it's always important to not judge on sales. It's, it's about the cultural impact and, you know, a number of different other things that make an album a classic. Um, but, yeah, anyway, boys, that chat on Blueprint's been brilliant. Um, thanks so much, as always. Uh, we will pull the, chat, uh, the tracks that we've spoken about onto the Notorious Podcast Joints, which is the Spotify playlist. The link will be in the description for this episode. Um, if you can also be kind enough to give us a five-star review and then leave us your top five favourite MCs in return, um, then we will be very appreciative. Um, boys, if people want to follow you on social, um, where can they where can they find you, Gaz? Um, I can't remember, mate. Um, Twitter, uh, I'm I'm there. I use Twitter more than anything else. Um, I think I'm. I can't remember. I'm just gonna have to check it. I think I'm Smudger something or other. Um, Gary Marina 07. Follow Bang. me. Follow me on there. And bump if people want to follow you on social, mate. Where can mm-hmm. they- uh, just Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but. It's not 07 anymore. So, um, at the black button. <laughs> <laughs> I went on Twitter the other day, actually, and I was surprised to see how many people I know are still on it, which is fair enough. It's a, you know, it's a good platform and you get lots of information. And, uh, Bass, you know, I watched your football thing the other week. Um, <laughs> but I was just, I just found it remarkable, uh, that I, you know, was addicted to this and probably, yeah, it was just incredible. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think you all have a platform that like suits you the most. Like, I, I like Instagram, but I don't really get it. Like, I don't really use it that much. Um, whereas Twitter is much more like information led, and you can post links on it and stuff like that. Just I like it for the pod as well. It's good. Um, perfect. All right, boys. Well, look. Um, stay safe. Keep cool. yourself. Keep washing those hands. Um, you too, Michael. Keep us um, keep us updated on the um, on the Bumble and. Uh, this, the, you know, the, the basically the apps, the, the dating apps that's kicking off. Um, maybe do a little little side pod on Michael's um, sex stories in self isolation. Who, who uh, knows? Next next podcast, I might have found a bird. Exactly, mate. A little little virtual relationship. Very. Oh, oh. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, so yeah, in, uh, on that note, boys, thank you so much. Um, thanks for joining us, and get ready for the next episode. Peace. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Notorious P.O.D., a hip-hop podcast. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show. So please follow him on Twitter and show him some love, at Music Grindhouse, and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D, house. 
please remember to leave us a review or as we call it your five for five so give us a five star review and in return you can leave us your top five favorite MCs of all time remember we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a spotify playlist so if you search for the notorious podcast joints you will find it if you don't already please follow us on twitter at notorious p underscore o underscore d on instagram we're at the notorious pod and follow me on insta and twitter at the real john bass that's j-o-n-b-a-s-s see you next time peace peace